This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. And today we are joined by the lovely Natasha, who is now in my eyes, from my perspective, super Instagram famous. But maybe that's just (laughs) me. (laughs) Not famous. (laughs) I mean, we'll get you there. Don't worry about it. We'll get you there. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your Instagram and what inspired it. Tell the people about it. All right. Um, so I was posting stuff on my personal Instagram. It just became too much. And I was kind of like, Hey friends, if you want to follow my like faith political journey, you can follow me over here. And so I started growing up evangelical. Um, and I started posting stuff and like a bunch of people related. I by no means have a large following, like we're around a thousand, but everybody like I feel like it's cool to have a smaller group of people because I gotten to know people individually. Like some people I message every day, like I've never met them, but we talk about whatever we share stuff with each other. And I think that's super cool. I love it. I agree. Um, tell us, so we are a podcast based on stories, based on testimonies. So Natasha, tell us your testimony, your life story. (laughs) Is this like Sunday night where they pass around the mm-hmm. microphone? Right before the altar call. You got it. You got the vibe. That's- yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but not as like, uh, not as like emotionally manipulative. So yeah, yeah. You can, I appreciate that. Yeah, you can, you can be raw. Like you can swear. Like we want the real thing. Not the, and then Jesus made it all better. <laughs> Tell us how the evangelical Amen. church fucked you up. <laughs> I actually don't swear that much, but you know, something might come out. We'll see. God bless you. <laughs> and I used to be the person like on the keyboards who was like helping to emotionally. <gasps> Natasha, how dare you <laughs> apologize like, to all of our listeners. <laughs> I am so sorry. But to be honest, like I didn't think I was doing that at the time. Right. Like you just think you're like on the worship team. You know, it's always like the pastor starts his like altar calls spiel after the sermon. And he like gives you the nod. It's like, person playing the keyboard come up and you know you're like the I'm like the only person up there and I'm just like playing some chords whatever but I didn't like I wasn't consciously like oh it, I'm emotionally manipulating these people of course in all in all fairness to you besides the emotional manipulation nine times out of ten that just meant I got to go to the bathroom or have breakfast so praise god <laughs> <laughs> that was like the cue like to this day my my husband um 
My husband grew up in the church as well. Um, and so when we go to church, like still, like when they're doing like wrap up prayers and if they're going to like play some music, he's like, oh, frick, yeah, I get to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways. I'm glad that you had that opportunity. <laughs> now that you've apologized, tell us about you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. Like if I should start like with current stuff and then work backwards or start like brief overview and then work forwards. Um, all right. So I was born into a Christian family. Basically, I've almost always been in the assemblies of God, except for like a few churches I visited probably like within the last like five to 10 years when I was sort of like starting to feel super uncomfortable in church. Um, come from a big family, grew up in Philadelphia. If anybody's listening, who's from Philly. Hello. Welcome. So glad you're here. Um, and when I was, I guess, <laughs> so I'm the oldest and I have another, I have a brother who's like one year younger than me. And he, I think we were driving in the car when we were like, I was like five or six, something like that. And my brother's like four or five. And I think we passed the cemetery and my brother like said something. And my mom was like, you know, does that mean that you want to be saved? Like, and he said the sinner's prayer, like at like little baby face age. And um, I was like jealous of him. I was like, I'm the oldest. Like, what? It, what's happening? So then, like, I said the prayer, you know. <laughs> um, but it's just funny, like at that age. What is your concept of really like the deep parts of spirituality? It's it's so like. I'm afraid of being a bad girl and I don't want to go to hell kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Um, but then it, I was also very, um, still very shy person. And I think I like was very sensitive. So I internalized a lot of things, um, growing up in the church and just observing, but anyway, we won't hold too much on that. So you go to church every Sunday, like, and at the peak, like when we were really, really involved in church, my dad was like a deacon and my mom was like on the worship team. I was on the worship team. One of my brothers was on the worship team. We were probably there like four out of five days or four out of five days a week. I'm thinking work week, <laughs> um, you know, like four out of seven days a week, at least a lot of hours committed there. Um, when I was, I also went to a Sunlies of God college. Um, and I think I want to say this, like everybody's experience is very different because there's some people who have been in the church forever and they haven't experienced very much negative at all. Most of it's been positive. They love it. They might not understand why, um, people criticize it. It does so much good. Why do you criticize it? So I want to say that. And then, um, also like, my experience in the Sunlies of God was like in the Northeast of the United States. I know that different districts are very different just from like talking to people and visiting some of them. Um, but anyway, I went to Sunlies of God college as well. And um, when I was around, let's see, how old was I? I was like right before my 21st birthday, I got married Um to a um he would become a like a licensed minister in the ag 
Um, there were already like issues before we got married, but I, whatever, I was young. I still got married. Long story short, there were a lot of problems and we ended up getting divorced. Um, and I think like, I'd always been questioning certain things, but like really that divorce, because I, I was like the person, like, I will never get divorced. I am so afraid of getting divorced. Like some people believe that if you get divorced, you're going to go to hell. Like it's like an unforgivable kind of thing. Um, and it really, really forced me to like, I was like reading verses. I was like praying. I was like, God, like I am like the most miserable person. Like this is the worst situation I've ever been in the lowest I've ever been in my life. Like, how can you want this for me? Like, how is this okay? Like I, I will not live if I keep, if I stay in this situation. Um, so I got to this point where I was kind of like, I'd rather be alone and happy and never get married again. If that's like what God wants, cause you know, I might not be able to get married again, um, then be like so miserable and like in this horrible situation. So got divorced. Um, I was still in the church, um, up until pretty recently. Um, but like, I slowly like have not been as involved and I started to just feel like really weird in church and like questioning a lot of things. Um, I think I, my body knew and like my mind knew before, like the actual thoughts like manifested that, um, like just things like I would say things, I'd find myself saying things like, well, you know, gay people are okay. Like we love them but like, I can't approve of their lifestyle. And like, I totally didn't believe that, but I said it because I felt like that's something that I had to say to like fit in with church and like the people around me, um, stuff like that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, but really like, to be honest with you, it all started like tumbling down with like the pandemic and January 6th, like January 6th, like made me like so crazy. I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like I cannot, I don't want to be associated with these people who are standing right next to Nazis and who are standing right next to these white supremacists. And they have a flag for Jesus and they have a flag with like the Confederate flag and the flag with the swastika on it. Like no way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so also before then, like, I didn't know what deconstruction was, um, which I'm finding like a lot of people who are in the deconstruction community, they like kind of stumbled upon it on social media. And then they're like, oh yeah, like that's exactly what I'm going through. These are my people. Like they get it. Um, so I think, I don't even think I was following like a deconstruction influencer. I don't want to say influencer, but there's like people who have like been around for a while. They have like a lot of influence, um, on social media, um, big following stuff like that. I think I was looking at like, um, I think it was, uh, what's her name? Erica Smith sex ed, I think is her Instagram. And she, she's, um, from Philadelphia and she was just talking about like purity culture. And like, I hadn't even realized like, that's what it was called. Like all that stuff that I grew up in, like, but like subtle misogyny and like 
covering up in the modesty and all of this. And I was like, Oh, holy moly. Like I, I, like, I don't know everything that I started realizing like people gave a name to, and then it made me feel less alone. Um, but through her, like, then I saw like God is gray. And then like through that, like, I just found like all these other accounts and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. There's a whole world of people like me. Some of them are still in church. Some of them are, have left the church. Some of them have become atheists. Some of them are agnostics, agnostics, like people are all over the place, but I felt like so welcome. People just like randomly messing me like, welcome. We're so glad. Like, these are some cool people you should follow stuff like that. There were like a lot of connections made and I never felt like, um, I wasn't allowed to belong. Like no matter what your perspective is, like people are willing to listen to you and treat you with respect for the most part. Um, I've seen like a couple people, like, I think they sometimes end up in a dark place at certain times and they're angry and express themselves in a certain way. But I would say majority of people are like so loving and open. And I feel like I've learned so much like in my like Christian, like I'm still a Christian, I would say, but like super like evangelical, like in there, I, I would like think like, oh my gosh, like an atheist, like, oh my God. But like now, like I've learned so much from the atheists and they're like super cool and open to talk about anything. And I love it. Um, so that's kind of where I am today, kind of going from like the AG who, I don't know, like if this is a thing, but I feel like they think they're the cool kids of the evangelical world or something. I don't know. Oh, I 100% would agree. I grew up in the Hispanic AG church. It's a little different. Oh, yeah. I think it's a little more intense, to be honest. The No, no, for real. I've heard stories. <laughs> I take Pentecost to a whole new level. But mm. I totally agree. They think they're better than everybody else. They think that they're filled with the spirit more than everybody else, you know? Yes. It's such like a... I th feel like the things that like we critique them on, they're like, well, no one says that, but it's like these subtle, like social rules that you learn along the way that like being filled with the Holy spirit and speaking in tongues is like, you have more power mm -hmm. than other people. And so there is like certain people think that they're like, have more authority over you. They can tell you how to live because of that kind of thing like they have more wisdom somehow magically yeah but anyway i interrupted you <laughs> oh no i don't think i was saying anything i forgot but i have a question so i've yeah. always been really fascinated with how regionally evangelicalism plays mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. So in Southern California, um, especially now that I live in Orange County, it's like the epicenter of the evangelical world. Everything mm -hmm. major has to go through Orange County for some reason. Mm -hmm. and it's probably because we're so close to like L.A. and production yeah. and all the cool stuff that puts you out into the world or whatever. I'm wondering, what do you think is like the specific traits of evangelicalism in Philadelphia? If there are any, or if they're like the weird outsiders. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let me think about that because so that would like in the AG, that would be Penn Dell district, which would be like all Pennsylvania and Delaware. Um, and the headquarters was like not in Philadelphia. I think it's in like Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which is 
a little bit closer to the middle of the state. So uh, it's tough to say like, mm-hmm. what the exact traits are. I think they saw like Philadelphia as a mission field. Um, I think because of all those godless poor people. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. The the church that I grew up in from like age six to probably like, I don't know, like age 18 or 19, I went there. Um, I felt it was like a little bit different than the other ones in the area. It was much more, um, the pastor was like older. I feel like he was more like old school. There was like a lot of like prophets would come for special speakers. There were always revival meetings, the prophets. you know, the mm-hmm. prophets, specific ones too. They would come like every year. <laughs> um, and um, when I like started to go to other AG churches in the area, they were so much more, I don't know, like refined. I, they were more, maybe they were like further along in like the Hillsong type style movement, whereas ours was still like, you know, I don't want to name names. Let's say like this little old lady was like running backwards in the church whenever she felt the spirit and like people falling out in the spirit and like random speaking in tongues. Whereas like the one that I went to more recently, like a year or two ago, they didn't really have those like interruptions of people speaking in tongues. I don't really remember like a profit coming through there they had much more of like a set time on certain things so i think they were just more like produced whereas the one i grew up in was much more like wild Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but your question is good i i don't really know i've been to southern california for like a young adults um event like my brother one of my brothers was a um ordained um minister in the ag not anymore but um so I traveled with him to California for this event and we, I still, I'm connected with some people. Um, and it was so much more like laid back, so much more laid back. I don't know. Produced even know. and cute and everybody looks good. And yeah. Where's the little Chelsea boots with their skinny <laughs> jeans. Not everybody, <laughs> but like, yeah, but I, I could, I could see, yeah, some of that was going on. It was a little bit more, a little bit more, whereas I feel like, it just a little bit more um, old school, maybe in the Northeast. I guess that would be like one word I would say would be more old school. Yeah, I think you're right because I mean, even the South is its own. It's its own. Like the Bible Belt mm. is called the Bible Belt for a reason. <laughs> yeah, my so I have a I have a friend that is from Philadelphia, and she was raised. Yeah. Um, she was raised like Irish Catholic and what she was telling me was, was, yeah. So where, where she grew up in Philly, it was very much like, a like the only people she knew were other Irish Catholics. And then she knew Muslims because they were like in the same neighborhood as her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but other than that, a lot of people, like if they were like some sort of like Pentecostal or like Protestant, like Methodist. She's like, I never knew them because in Philadelphia, people kind of stay to their area, like stay in their neighborhood, yeah. stay within like their culture kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting because kind of what Josie said, like growing up, I grew up in a mix of Southern California and in Arizona. And mm. it's not like that. Like everybody's very 
diverse and like intertwined mm-hmm. with each other. So you yeah. would experience different things. So it was kind of interesting to hear where she was like, yeah, like I had never been to, she was like, I had never been to a Protestant service until she was in the, she was in um, the army. She was like, so I was like mm-hmm. 19, 20 years old. And I went to uh, like an army service with a friend yeah. and was like, this is very different than anything I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, w- I would say that's pretty true, especially like um, if you grew up in like South Philadelphia, it was very divided by like um, like race and like religion. I think Philadelphia has one of the highest Muslim populations now in the United States. Um, but I yeah, I think that, I think it's pretty true. Like my husband, my my husband now he grew up Catholic and he had never been to a Protestant service until I took him to one. <laughs> yeah. That's and that, like, that's totally like the production factor is what he talked about. He was like, Oh my gosh, like, I wish I knew about this when I was in college because I could have interned here. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, he studied cinematography, but I was like, okay. Um, Interesting yeah. take. Wow. That's yeah. cool. I, um... But he also compared it to the righteous gemstone. So <laughs> Oh I mean So I like what you I like what you said about um you know coming into this sort of deconstruction community without really knowing what it was mm-hmm. and being welcomed because I think it's kind of like uh at least in my experience and it sounds similar to yours of kind of the oxymoron of uh you know the church is like all are welcome like we want to love on mm-hmm. you but then it gets to a point where it's like cool if you want to still be in our group you have to believe x y and z Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the deconstruction community. I've never experienced that. I have like, obviously like Josie and I are in different places. We run this podcast mm-hmm. together. We have guests come on our show. Some are atheists, some are agnostic, some are just totally different religions than Christianity now. Um, so they're all over the spectrum. And like you said, it's just a very welcoming, like, Hey, like we're just here to share these stories and acknowledge that like we've been hurt. Um, but also even like reminisce about some of the good times, because I think from what Mm -hmm. I hear from some of my other friends deconstructing, like in real life, um, is missing that community of church. Like Mm -hmm. what do you do when you're in your twenties and you're not in college and you're not active in a church group? Like, where do you go to meet people? Like, where do you go to make friends? Like, you, you know, you, you used to kind of do that at church or you did that with certain people. So kind of navigating that. Um, I think it's really cool to kind of share that of like, Hey, like we're, it's like a mix of grieving, but also like celebrating like the new and trying to like march forward of like, where are we taking our lives from here? Kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, if I kind of thought about it this way, like the questions that you ask are going to lead you to a place that um, is kind of like where the church threw all the rejected things. There's like this space. It's okay. Are you guys into like Loki and Marvel and all that? Or am I just like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) the multiverse. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm tracking. All right. All right. Well, in Loki, there's this place where all of the like, um, no, I'm not going to say it because that's going to be a spoiler. Someone didn't see it. Never mind. <laughs> um, let's think of the Island of Misfit Toys. Okay. I guess that's something everybody knows about. 
Like, I feel like all the things, the church, like the, the doctrines, they rejected the people they rejected. They kind of live in a space that we weren't allowed to see. And we ask these questions and then there's this community that says, well, look, these are all our stories. This is where, this is the place you were looking for. These are all our stories. Ask us questions. We want to talk to each other. But then also like, I post like, I posted like a cover of like wow 99 CD the other day. And all these people are like, Oh, I forgot about this. This is my favorite song. And I was like, you know, I just, you can still like, remember the things and be like, Oh, that was silly. Or that was fun. Or I really love that. But also recognize like there's real hurt here. Mm-hmm. And I think the, um, the church still wants to keep us in that like Island. They still want to put us on an Island because if our stories come out, it's really going to, make a lot of changes and people are so afraid of change, but they can't hold, they can't hold it down forever. Like it's going to come out more and more. You see with the Hillsong stuff, the documentaries that are coming out like every day. Um, and it just, it's sad to me that they're like, they just don't allow the space for people to say and critique because we, we should always want to improve and become better and be a safe place. And it's not a safe place for a lot of people anymore. Um, but then there's individuals who are still there that are so wonderful and welcoming and like people that I grew up with and people that I know from church that are not like the system that we're critiquing. They are like Jesus and they do love people. So we're not critiquing them per se. It's more of the system, I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. That. And I think like it that's why it's so important for so many more of us to be coming out and speaking about mm-hmm. all the stuff and sharing our stories and we often say that we like to have just kind of regular people on because famous people have their stories and they're great and whatever. But as soon as you hear like, oh, all of these normal people have these normal stories that I can identify with, then it's like more relatable in a sense that more people have the option right like a lot of the issue with evangelicalism in my opinion is that people don't have informed consent like you grow up Mm -hmm. in these systems and you don't know any better and nobody's giving you any real options it's you're either this or you're out and you can't be out because then that's your whole community so what are you gonna do and then that's just the trauma that you grow up with and but then we provide a different option saying like, Hey, mm-hmm. you can believe whatever the hell you want. We're not going to judge you mm-hmm. and you can keep living your dandy little life. You don't right. have to grow up in places that don't want you based on what you do or don't believe. Right. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things that was like a mentality shift for me was, um, not feeling responsible for someone's like personal relationship with Jesus and for their soul. Like that puts so much like pressure on you as an individual, like whatever, if you believe, if you don't believe, but like, if you are a believer, you feel like their blood is going to be like on your hands. If you don't tell them like, that's what they literally tell you. (laughs) Their blood is on your hands. And it's uh... so like crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I, uh Facebook memories are like both a blessing and a curse to me. Sometimes mm. like really precious things come up that I love. And then other times, especially during the summer, because you know, Bible camp season, like things just come on that really just hurt my heart. Um, so the the youth conference, Bible camp I went to growing up, I remember my sophomore year 
like one of the lessons was all about like quote unquote getting in the ring and they talked about like boxing like boxing with satan for your like on behalf of your friends basically like you should be able to like fight for your beliefs so like you can save others kind of thing and during that night they had like these whiteboards and they wanted you to write down like people that you were going to pray for or like something you'd been struggling with, whatever. And so I wrote this thing about like thinking nobody would ever read it. I wrote this thing about, Oh, like I really want my brother and my best friend to know Jesus. Like those are the two people that I'm really going to like work hard on this year. So the next summer I'm back at camp. My best friend happens to come with me because he got really close to my family. My family was like, we'll pay for you to go. So he came with us and lo and behold, the little like, uh camp booklet they give you my freaking thing is printed in the book and this is not just for like my week of camp like this is a cross-country youth conference so kids all over the country are reading this and it has my name on it and so my best friend read this blurb that i wrote about me like concern for his salvation and concern for my brother and like wanting to fight. Mm. And I remember my youth pastor, like hyping me up, like, Oh, like he's here at camp with you. Like the Lord works. And so like made me stand in front of the youth group and like read what I wrote. And my best friends in the front row, like this is embarrassing. Everybody's staring at me. <laughs> and like, I like have so much PTSD about that now because I'm like, honestly, like I was so overwhelmingly concerned about that that like it would give me like existential dread of like couldn't sleep at night because I was afraid that like my best friend and my brother were like gonna go to hell even though they're some of the best people I'd ever met like Mm. for some reason God was just gonna be like nope you didn't make it yeah and so that mentality of like oh they're like blood is on your hands like I for years would cause me so much anxiety and now I look Mm. at it and I'm like Wow, like I feel so much less stress. And I also feel closer to God in my own relationship because I don't have to feel guilt about other people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to sit and like tell God I'm sorry for like yeah. not doing enough to like quote unquote save people. Mm-hmm. Like when really he uh you know, how are you refer to God? Like for me, still father is pretty neutral for me. So I'm like, yeah, he is still just like live your life and be a good human. Like, that's what I ask you to do. And like, people will know. And I'm like, cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you. Like, like you're yeah. not like, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I didn't pray for the waitress at, at yes. dinner today. Yes. Like the waitress, mm-hmm. at, the waitress at Denny's didn't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. Like that is, I, I don't want to, my parents are like the most wonderful people that I know. So I'm not, hating on them i'm just saying like that is something that i've seen them do um and sometimes you know the person's like yeah like like i have a lot going on like please pray for me and it's fine like and they needed that i guess but sometimes like i'm like you like they don't have to you know what i mean like it just Mm -hmm. it's like you don't have to take advantage of every single situation like every stranger that you meet don't put them in that it's uncomfy yeah and not everybody's gonna believe like some people are just like like I've seen people just like, okay, like, no, thanks. And other people are like, Ugh. and then I'm always like, are they going to treat us different the whole time? The rest of the meal. But, yeah. Um, and also with the I reputation kind of, of the church, how do you want people to react when they're like, do you know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> especially after January 6th? Like, how do you think people are going to really mm. respond to a bunch of evangelicals saying, Hey, you want to, you want to join us? 
<laughs> I know it's so the like the as I like to say the witness of the church is really tarnished right now um yeah but like you know if more people um speak up and talk about you know the things that we can do to improve it hopefully over time you know people will start to see like the good again um but i i don't think that's gonna happen unless there's some really big changes like i keep going back and forth like do i want to go back to church and like help make a difference or am i just like out of it because i just can't align myself with like the homophobia the misogyny like the racism like i just can't um and i've been trying to find like a more progressive church nearby but it's really difficult um for some reason i don't know i'll help you homie i'm an an internet sleuth she's so she found our church it was really (laughs) funny because so she used to live we used to live by each other when we started this podcast um we didn't record together because it was a quarantine but you know it's still Mm -hmm. thought the count but we uh ended up attending the same church because she found it for us on twitter right and Love I was it. like, Spencer, I need the most progressive, the most liberal, the most lefty. I need it yeah. to be as radical as I am. And she found it. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you Woo-hoo! looking for? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and I I get it. So when you're talking about like during COVID, it being hard. Um, yeah. My husband and I moved during COVID. We moved in March, so kind of like right when vaccines were starting to come out, but it was still like who can get them really? We don't know. Mm -hmm. And, um, what we found here where we live now is the churches that are affirming and pro justice, you know, like want to really like make the change. Lo and behold, they take COVID very seriously. So they are Mm -hmm. just now starting to meet in person. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. literally yesterday it was Sunday. Um, my husband and I, and my sister went to church in person for the first time at a brand new church. And I like left, like feeling so excited and wanting to weep because literally the, uh, so I'd done research. I'd actually talked to the pastor on the phone. Cause I was like, I, I don't have time for games. Like you just need to tell me straight up, like, what do you believe? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, being able to sit in a church again, uh, with, which Josie and I found out, which is really weird. A lot of progressive churches have a lot of old people who would have known. Mm-hmm. And Methodists. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're at this Methodist church full of tons of old, I mean, I gotta say old white people that you would just be like, especially where we live, we live in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So when you think of older white people, you're not thinking like liberals, <laughs> um, but to sit there in this, a woman's preaching and she straight up is like gay rights. Um, black lives matter like this stuff is important and not in like a and again not in like a politically driven way at all very much like Mm -hmm. we're gonna read this bible passage and what does this talk about this Mm -hmm. talks about being in relationship with people and she gave stories about you know like people were like there's people that were like oh like being gay is a sin and then they meet people and they're in relationship and they hear stories and Mm -hmm. what they've been taught hasn't changed but the their reality has changed because they've been in community with people and the same thing of in context with like people of color and she's like Mm -hmm. the reality hasn't changed but your relationship has changed because you have that new perspective you're in relationship with people Mm -hmm. and just sitting there and wanting to cry because i'm like dang like 
I've been waiting so long because of COVID has taken this away from me and it's hard to move and have this new community. So yeah. yeah. COVID and the evangelicals who refused to get vaccinated <laughs> took it away from you. <laughs> and, and so here, and here's the thing, not just for you, but like anybody that's listening, if seriously, you're kind of having a hard time, I, um, I will put in the work for you because that's something that I passionate about you know i'll use my ministry degree i'll do some digging for you because i i know it can be hard the trauma of like like josie for example it's not that she was against going it was just like there's been so much pain and like blindsided that i don't have the energy for that and so that's where i'm like listen i'll do the dirty work i'll call a pastor and ask them straight up are you affirming what do you think of like the social justice issues like what's important to you i'll ask them for you i want you to have that if that's truly what you want yeah i had zero patience (laughs) and even so i work at the church now that uh, we went to together Mm. and I'm kind of the boss uh, because I'm the only employee and I do everything. (laughs) Um, But it's great because I don't have to, in other churches, you you have to be nice and proper and you have to present the church well. But in this situation, I can go on Facebook and say, fuck the police all I want. And my um, elderly friends, senior citizen folk friends, don't care they think i'm funny and they think i'm a great old time (laughs) on sundays everybody makes fun of me he's like well if you got a fight just let josie know or whatever (laughs) yeah she's coming (laughs) she's got your back (laughs) and you know that's something that i would have never found at an evangelical church and i get i get wanting to put the work in to fix the goddamn thing right but it's too i think it's too big i think it's I don't know. I a mm-hmm. uh, friend of the pod, Kevin Garcia, always says, oh, yeah. "Leave, just leave, just mm-hmm. leave." You don't have to put mm-hmm. up with it, and you should not put up with it for your, the sake of your own soul, your own well-being. You should not put up with people who do not love you and will not love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and realizing there's there's places to kind of simultaneously be in both. So like the, mm-hmm. the UMC, for example, the United Methodist mm-hmm. Church, uh, the dom- nomination goes back and forth literally every year because a good majority <laughs> of the denomination is like, we are affirming. And then there's yeah. another part of the denomination that's like, no. And mm-hmm. so you can be in an affirming UMC space that's going to love you completely and know that they are fighting within the larger system. So you mm-hmm. can have the best of both worlds. You gotcha. can be somewhere that is loving and accepting while simultaneously trying to beat down that system. Mm-hmm. And so I think if that's something that people are like passionate about of making change, like you can find both. Mm-hmm. So don't put yourself in a place where you're trying to fight, but you're not supported and loved like Mm -hmm. you can have both (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have to look up some methodist churches (laughs) oh highly recommend super chill it's the opposite of pentecostal let me tell you that's why i like it because i just sit there (laughs) it's an hour one and done Mm -hmm. and it has a little system we sing hymns which i find Mm -hmm. hymns very comforting Mm -hmm. um scripture readings you know um what do you call it? A uh, call and response. Like mm-hmm. sermon is like 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. Communal mm-hmm. prayer, communal prayer, like things that mm-hmm. like, like if you've never been to a liturgical church, like I know from me coming out of evangelicalism, which it kind of is funny. It started for me while I was at an evangelical university, but one mm-hmm. night a week, they're like, we're going to do some liturgical chapel. Mm-hmm. And I would go and cry. And my friends would be like, why do you like to go? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just like it. And I cry. Mm-hmm. And now here I am at a UMC and I'm like, makes sense so <laughs> i liked it because it was the shortest chapel no that's nice. prayer <laughs> oh 
Is it kind okay. of more? Is it kind of more like a Episcopal sort of situation? Because I've been to yeah. Episcopalian. Yeah. 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 So, so more of the like um, Methodist is like not necessarily high liturgy, but definitely mm-hmm. more liturgical than just like a mm-hmm. non-denominational or like a mainstream like evangelical yeah. church. Um, you know, so yeah, it it plays into it plays into both. It plays into tradition and like liturgy while still taking Mm -hmm. like serious, like experience and scripture and just like daily, like life in like modern Mm -hmm. times. And so, like I said, it's, it's great because it's very comforting in like the liturgy aspect, but then the sermons and like the teachings are very, like I said, like for the day and age we're in kind of thing. So Nice. That's so good to hear. I feel like when I kind of, everything came to a head and I started to really like rapidly, like, just like reevaluating like my faith and all different things. Um, I was kind of like, just burn it all down. Like, and I could, I, I'm still there. Scary, but (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) But I like saw myself, like, I was like, Oh, I could very easily like just become an an atheist which like if that's where I end up I'm totally okay with it but like at the time that really scared me (laughs) I was like oh my god um like I would have never even considered that to be a possibility but I think like right now where I've arrived I'm still um in the Christian category I would say like I know a lot of people like don't feel comfortable with using that label anymore just because of the association with the what do they call them the trump evangelicals um (laughs) but um yeah i i go back and forth some days i'm just like uh no like whatever and other days i'm like no i i could i could see myself like staying here and going to a church and being part of something and hopefully i can find something like what you guys found because that sounds really awesome (laughs) you can also check out church clarity i don't know if it's dot com or Uh, oh i think i think i went on that site yeah churchclarity.org mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i highly recommend and also gaychurch.org so both of those are great resources for finding um churches that are openly lgbtq affirming mm-hmm. um because you know we've talked about it before clarity is reasonable and so mm-hmm. um so that's kind of where I started. I started while mm-hmm. by looking on church clarity and gay church and then I kind of made a list and like I said I called some churches and was like hey is this legit? And they're like, we're legit. And I'm like, cool. See you Sunday. So, um, definitely (laughs) a great, um, great resource because it, um, one, it shows you, you know, how to find an affirming church. Um, it has great discussions on like the affirming, like standpoint of the theology also goes over denominations. So like, if you, you know, a lot of times people find, like I said, comfort in that, not like in denominational, like practice, but mm-hmm. so like if assemblies of God, there's some things you like about the denominational practice, but you know, it's not mm-hmm. a denomination you can find mm-hmm. a similar denomination that is. So just lots of great resources. Highly recommend people check that out. Nice. That's always helpful to have resources. I think, especially yes. like when you're going through like, you know, people have much more extreme experiences than me and you're going through that and processing all the trauma. And you're like, you said, like, you just don't have the brain space to do those that kind of task mm-hmm. so that's really cool and taking a break is also a valid choice friends yeah stepping sure. away <laughs> taking your sundays and going out in nature or sleeping mm-hmm. in whatever drag brunch. Yes. yeah drag yeah. brunch <laughs> nice. the real church let me tell you that's uh, also yeah. true though yeah so true yeah i 
I think that for a lot of people, like the pandemic forced you to take a break, even though there was mm-hmm. like streaming. Yeah. And once you kind of disconnected from the system a little bit, you started having like all these, I don't know, you had like, I had like brain space to like really process a lot more things. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I wasn't having that like constant feed if that makes sense no totally lots of people stepped away from evangelicalism during the pandemic because they were finally faced with holy shit what is this what am i getting myself (laughs) into what have i done i uh (laughs) i've met so many people that are like yeah the pandemic really shifted things for me Mm -hmm. um and even like streaming church like i was going to a church that i loved i i barely watched it how like, dare you literally Josie would be like it's your turn for call to worship my husband and I would like film the call to worship and we'd watch maybe like every other week but I just ha- I just didn't have the the mental capacity yeah for, like, no, 100% a, for especially because like you know the job I had before I got laid off due to COVID um like in the beginning of COVID was still able to work thankfully. And that was a screen all day long and then come home, couldn't see anybody. So FaceTime like a screen yeah. all day long Ugh, and then yes. I'm supposed to go to church. Like, yeah. I'm more, and so, yeah, I just didn't have the capacity for that. And, um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely get like taking a break, even when you don't necessarily want to, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to take a break. It was just, I had to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've met so many people because of the pandemic. Um, I'm on that weird social media clubhouse, you know, where people just talk to each other. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm in this little group for like progressive and like post-Christian. And I was talking to a girl the other day where she was talking about um, the uh, let us worship quote unquote protests and like their mm-hmm. battle with the BLM protests. And she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that really like woke me up and like started my deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've heard that from so many homies. Like you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did don't know. Have... I think, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did they have one of those in Philly? Of the BLM protest? The like, let us worship the son sean fucked oh 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 yeah like like um not too long ago maybe like a month ago and (laughs) i was like i don't know (laughs) that guy i i stopped following because he's making me crazy i was like there's too much there's too much here and i interacted with him a few times on social media like not like super negatively but like yeah I, i just uh, like well, at once in a while i'll post about him and it just it's really frustrating but yeah they had a let us worship i think i think it must have been like a month ago and i was like oh my god like i don't know he said something like there were thousands of people in philly and i'm like looking at the footage and i'm like yo dude that looks like maybe like 300 people yeah and i'm like it was thunder and lightning but we still went on and i'm like that's dangerous. You got electrical equipment out there. <laughs> yeah, people in Philly are under your bullshit, homie. I was gonna say, I so I just looked it up. It looks like he was in Philly uh in the beginning of July and then he went to okay, Pittsburgh yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Honestly, it's it's at least uh I don't know if this is good or bad, but uh he's not like on my radar as much, which is kind of yeah. good, but yeah. it's kind of also sad because it's just one of those reminders of like so much happens that like we can't keep up with everything, mm-hmm. and he still yeah. needs to be stopped. I know because he came to Skid Row, and that was 
that that's when I first off. heard about him. That's when I first heard right, about him. Right, because like you're gonna yeah. these people don't hardly even knew what COVID was when the rest of us did. They were so behind. Mm-hmm. And they were relatively safe, and all of a sudden there was an outbreak. And why? Because these assholes decided to just step into this community and ravage it. For what? For clout? I'm so convinced that Sean Booked is like a clout seeking little wannabe. Like, I don't even know if he believes half the shit that comes out of his mouth, but he knows it's going to bring him followers and money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ran for like Senate or something, and people were like, <laughs> And then all of a sudden he's like, I'll be a worship leader. <laughs> but he Wait, is that, that really um, what I thought it was always a worship leader? I thought it was in like Jesus culture or something. Oh, uh, he had like he had ties to Bethel. Bethel. Yeah, he had oh, ties to Bethel because yeah. he's from um he's from uh what is it called? Um uh, Reading. Reading, yes. He's from Reading, and which is a very, very uh conservative area yeah fuck bethel too and so yeah he had ties with (laughs) bethel and then bethel so actually what i've heard i don't know how much is this is true but there there was some kind of stuff of bethel was like he got too wild for them and bethel was like quietly excused him like from their worship team and yeah he like ran for office in california and people were like no and then all of a sudden he's like let's start this let us worship quote unquote Mm -hmm. like protest because he didn't support blm and we're like mm-hmm. hey whatever and then he has the um the hold the line like political yes. activism group where he's like recruiting yes. like um i don't know what age like i guess youth from um evangelical churches to do to, what uh, super conservative like spread, yeah just, conservative ideology just like if you just like just look it up all right all right it's too much i'm ready to troll some little darlings i get you probably get some of this but i get people because i make reels sometimes when i have a hot take on my personal instagram account and i get little christians trying to tell me like i made a funny one about how my dad told me that i should pray my depression away and people were like the lord healed me of depression and i was like well (laughs) so happy for you but i just don't think that god is a wizard in the sky waiting to grant my wishes and people yeah. got mad at that They're like why are you being so rude and disrespectful and i was like first of all i'm not being rude i'm just saying what i believe mm-hmm. my bad you couldn't handle god being called a wizard for dramatic <laughs> effect <laughs> i haven't had too much negativity like it'll often be in dms where like someone's like I just feel so bad for you. Like I'm praying for you. And then they try to witness to me in the DMS and I'm like, okay, actually, um, well, I did have like, this is a weirder one. Um, I posted something about like, Oh, I, I had a bad day. I like had donuts or I forget, I forget what I put. Um, but are you guys okay? I just like my screen went black. Yeah. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. No, 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 it's cool. My, my, my screen went, like, off, and I was like, oh, no, 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 cool like whatever if you want to eat clean and stuff but like please don't come here and tell me like i can't have a donut like like that is so weird it's so weird right like that was a weird one um and then i had someone like come for like they didn't even come like for my post they were like 
commenting on someone else's comment, like basically attacking them and telling them like they weren't a Christian and all this stuff. And I was like, like, you can come for me, like, come talk to me. Like, don't attack like someone who commented on this post. Like that's strange, but yeah, yeah, it hasn't been too bad for me. No, I am. I mostly just get DMS from people. Mm -hmm. I had one recently that someone was just like, I, so, you know, we, we quote our podcast and then I shared on my personal page. And so I quoted one about, um, our friend Celia talking about, you know, if you believe in being a shepherd of the earth and taking care of people, you know, you'd believe in like black lives matter and you'd believe in like global warming, saving the planet. And somebody just wanted to DM me and they were like, BLM is a terrible organization and it's run by criminals and all this stuff. And I very, I just very was like, this is something we're not going to agree on. So I would just prefer if you didn't comment Mm -hmm. on this, like, that's all I said. And they were like, well, then you should do research on the organization. And I was just like, I'm sad that you would think that I would post things and support something and be uneducated about it. Right. And then they just wanted to keep going. So I was very Mm -hmm. respectful and I responded to them and they didn't like what I had to say. And they started saying fake stuff that they heard. I don't know where. And I posted, like, I sent them like, this is their official mission statement. And I believe everything in this statement. So the things that you were telling me, this is, that is Mm -hmm. not the truth about their organization. And yeah, it was very civil, but they just didn't care. And again, it was one of those things of like, you come to my page and just assume that I like, don't do my research or that I'm uneducated about something and, and then don't like what I have to say. It's just like, what's the, like, what was your goal for this? What was your goal in this conversation? Like, why are you wasting your time and energy? And of course they always end it with the, like, well, I care about you and I love you. And like, I still like want to do you like the comment of there, like, I just love your heart and I just want to be in community with, with you. And I'm like, well, do you love my heart? Because this, my heart is in this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how to respond to that comment. And Mm -hmm. uh, no, I get those frequently from family, from friends. And then I get the occasional like random that's followed me for, I don't know why. And I'm like, what's the point. And Mm -hmm. I've come to the point where like, I, uh, you know, I think a lot of people know by now, you know, I am expecting my baby's due in January and I'm just not playing anymore. Like there's just (laughs) things that I, no time, honestly. Yeah. Like I just like my husband and I have beliefs and we want to raise our child a certain way. And if you just want to spend your days being petty in my DMS, like I don't got time for that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's something like more recently, because I, I would be like, I have a, not it's not associated to my instagram account i have like a different twitter account i would like be going for people and sometimes with my instagram account like coming for people and i just like it would work me up so much and i'm like these people are not going to change their mind like i need to preserve my energy keep my like i was like resisting being calm like i was like i have to be angry about something like i Mm -hmm. need to be angry but you can still be moving forward and not be I mean, there's appropriate times to be angry, of course. Yeah. Like there's certain things that like you just need to call out. But I was doing it so much that I was just like, I just really need to like accept the calm and like preserve my energy for certain conversations to be more productive. Um, it's different when you have friends and family talking to you about it because you need to like respond and you need to set your boundaries and all that. Um, 
but when it's like strangers now, I kind of just like give them one chance to like, see if they are trolling me or not. And then I just block them. Um, but it doesn't happen like too often. Um, but I feel a lot better now that I'm not just like on Twitter, like, Oh yeah, Mark Driscoll. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Advice to live by. Well, Natasha, we have loved having you. You are welcome to come back anytime. That is an honest invitation. We love repeat offenders. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Um, tell the people where they can find you and all your work. Oh, sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm growing up evangelical. Um, I have a purple logo right now. So if that helps you find me mm. <laughs> and that's it, I haven't like branched out on anything else. It's still sort of like more of a personal blog situation, but you never know. I might start writing about stuff or who knows. <laughs> we love it. And we're here for it. And it's a beautiful Instagram. You don't, you can't say that about a lot. No offense. You can't say that about a lot of ex-evangelical Instagrams. They're kind of messy. Like yeah. the brain. And granted, a lot of them are memes, which is like, that's the vibe, but yes. Yeah. Yours is very how beautiful. Do you, how do you deal with oh, trauma? Thank you memes? So much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate you guys and telling the stories that um, you have your guests come on and tell and thank you so much for reaching out to me i'm glad that we did this it's an honor and a privilege it's like we will uh share natasha's page on our page as always um you can find us at speaking in church you can find josie at josie takes the world and you can find me at spence rose yeah that's it well friends (laughs) as always stay woke or get woke jesus loves you bye